This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Go ahead and have a seat, everybody. Happy Easter. I am so looking forward to sharing this morning with you. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Kevin. I'm one of the pastors here at New Life, and I have the privilege of guiding us for the rest of our time together on this Easter morning. And if it's your first time, I want to give you an extra special welcome today. And I want to tell you something that right now you might still be questioning, but we believe this to our core. And here it is. We believe that there is a God, that He loves you, and that He actually loves you so much He moved heaven and earth just to meet with you today. So as a church, we do everything we can to knock down any barrier that would keep you from encountering God because we believe God wants to meet you in this place today. So go ahead and get ready. If you don't have any coffee and you want some, grab some in the lobby and bring it in. Go ahead and kick off your shoes, turn the chair around, whatever you have to do to make yourself comfortable so you can connect with God today. Boy, that is our main concern And it's Easter. It's Easter. Boy, it is going to be a celebration. I love Easter because Easter is like your anniversary, your birthday, graduation, all rolled into one. So at at any sort of celebration, we just have to remember, we don't sit back and relax and observe as celebrations. We get up, we get excited, we talk back, we laugh, we clap, we have fun together because we think church should be fun. And no other day is that more true than today. So... Go ahead. Give it up. I like it. When you came in, you should have gotten a program that looks just like this one, and it has some tools inside that will help you connect today. It's it's part of how we knock down those barriers so you're ready to connect with God. And the first one you're going to want is this card that says, Start Here. Just go ahead and pull that out for me. And if you would, put your name on it. And if you're new with us, your email address. And you don't have to do anything with this yet. But if I've earned your trust over the course of the next 30, 35 minutes, I'm going to pass some baskets a little bit later, and I'm just going to ask you to take this card and just drop it in the basket. It's just a connection card. It helps us to connect with you, helps you to connect with us, the things we're doing in the city, the things we're doing around the world. And ultimately, when you get ready to take that next step in your faith journey, boy, we want to be the church that partners with you to take that step. And this card just helps us help you do that. So go ahead and get that card filled out because nobody wants to be that guy when the baskets are passed taking the time to fill out the card. So get that ready right now. The other thing you want are our teaching notes inside your program. They've got the Bible verses that we're looking at today. Uh, We're going to play a fun game a little bit later. So you're going to want to have this ready uh, because you're going to need to write some stuff in pretty quick. And that's all I'm going to say for now. But I do, I love Easter. But have you ever thought about it? Easter is an odd thing. Because Easter is the one Sunday where you come here and you already know exactly what we're going to talk about. Every year, and you come. And and here's what I was realizing recently. If you only come on on Christmas and Easter, I figured out why you never come back. You think that we just talk about the same two things every Sunday all year long. Can, Can I just tell you, we actually talk about all kinds of things. We talk about marriage and parenting. We talk about leaving a legacy for our community. Uh, We talk about knocking down barriers to help people encounter God. We talk about overcoming uh, some of the obstacles and the cycles that keep getting us down. We talk about all kinds of different things, but you're only getting the tip of the iceberg. So I just want to invite you to come back. That's one reason I love Easter. Even though it's an odd thing, we still come every year. And the second reason I love Easter is Easter is the perfect opportunity for you. If you're here and you've been flirting 
with church. You've been flirting with Christianity and the idea of maybe following God with your life. Today is the perfect day for you to take a next step and, and fully become a follower of Jesus. Because today's the day that we boil Christianity down to its essence. And we say, this is the stripped down, bare version of it. And if you like this, if you can get into this, then believe me, you can handle all the other crazy stuff that the church does. If you can, if you can, if you can buy into this, if you can buy into this. So if you're ready to take that next step today, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that a little bit later. But I also love Easter because Easter is the perfect Sunday for you if you're here today with both feet on the brakes. Maybe you came because your parents invited you and you felt like you had to. Maybe you met some cute girl in the grocery store and she said, hey, if you come, I'll take you out to brunch afterwards. Maybe you come because it's, it's part of your tradition, part of your culture to, to come on Easter. But the truth is you've got those feet on, on the brakes. Here's why Easter is perfect for you. Because on Easter Sunday, we have the privilege of going around all of the obstacles that keep you from wanting to connect with God. We have the opportunity to go around everything. And I want to invite you today to consider becoming a follower of Jesus, even if you've got both foot on the brakes. I want you to consider becoming a follower of Jesus, despite the fact that you know some, okay? I want you to consider becoming a follower of Jesus, despite the fact that we're all hypocrites in the church and I know some of you are thinking, yeah, that's why I can't, I can't do it. I want you to consider it despite the fact that you work for one, despite the fact that your ex claims to be one. Uh, I want you to consider becoming a follower of Jesus today, despite the fact that you grew up with a bunch of them, that your crazy uncle Ted is a fanatic about it, and you have to go see him a little bit later, and he's telling you all sorts of crazy stuff about Easter egg hunts and how we shouldn't do it. Forget about Uncle Ted just for a second, because today, in spite of all that, in spite of all that, we're going to boil Christianity down to its very essence. And it's, its essence, it's not Uncle Ted. And it's not your ex, and it's not your boss, and it's not the Christians you knew growing up or the, the church that you went to that, that just wrecked your life. It's not, it's not any of that stuff. The essence, the foundation of our faith is something that happened on Easter over 2,000 years ago. And we believe it's something that uniquely happened one time in all of human history. And here's the backstory of what we believe happened on Easter. And here's why I want you to consider today taking that step of faith, regardless of how you're coming in this morning. We believe that some 2,000 years ago, on a, on a Friday, and we, we remember this this past Friday, that Jesus was condemned to murder by the Roman government we believe that he was nailed to a cross and something called crucifixion. And it's basically the Romans had figured out the, the most painful, most debilitating and, and deadly way to kill someone. And they didn't make mistakes. When you were sentenced to death and you were nailed to that cross, you did not come down off of it. You were, you were killed. And we believe that Jesus was nailed to a cross and that he was killed. In fact, both Christian and non-Christian historians have written about the fact, who, who were there in that time, about the fact that Jesus was condemned to death and that he was nailed to a cross and that he was killed. And then we believe that Jesus rose from the dead on Easter Sunday, which is what we're celebrating today. And, and, and don't tune out, don't tune out, because I know what some of you are thinking today, so let me just say it for you. That's crazy. I'm not going to believe that because some church tells me I have to. I'm not going to believe that because the Bible says that it's true. And I want to tell you today, I have some good news for you. We don't believe this because the Bible says so. 
And we don't believe this because the church tells us we have to. It's way, way better than that. See, we believe that Jesus rose from the dead because people saw him die, and then they saw him alive, and they wrote their stories down to tell us about it. We believe Jesus rose from the dead because a guy named Matthew, who was a tax collector, who was hated by the Jewish people, he became a follower of Jesus, and he watched Jesus be crucified, and then he saw him alive. We believe it because there was a guy named Mark who was this young Greek teenage boy who was always on the outskirts following Jesus when Jesus was alive, and he was always there kind of in the shadows watching and learning, and, and he saw Jesus die, and then he saw him alive, and he wrote the story down in a biography of Jesus called the Book of Mark. We believe it because a guy named Luke, who was a doctor, his whole role, he said, I want to I take all the eyewitness accounts of people who saw Jesus alive, saw him die, and saw him raised from the dead. And I want to give an orderly account of his life, of his death, and of his resurrection. He saw it and he wrote it down. We don't believe it because the Bible says so. We believe it because there's a guy named John who was like, he was kind of like Jesus' little brother. Jesus just, he loved this guy, John. And when Jesus was nailed to the cross, John was sitting next to Jesus' mother, Mary. And Jesus looked down from the cross and he said, John, take care of my mom. Because that guy who talked to Jesus when he was on the cross saw Jesus alive and he wrote to tell about it. We believe that Jesus rose from the dead because a guy named James, who was Jesus' half-brother, same mom, different dad, James, who didn't believe that Jesus was God for a second when Jesus was alive. James, who said, my brother is crazy. He's, he's fanatical. He's out of control. There's no way he's God. And he tried to pull his brother away from ministry when Jesus was alive. That James saw his brother alive after he had been crucified and came to believe in him, and he wrote down the story. Now, let me ask you, because I think this by itself is probably the greatest proof that Jesus actually rose from the dead. Let me let me just ask you, what would it take for you to believe that your brother was uniquely God? Okay, you would say, he better raised from the dead. And even then, I'd have some questions. <laughs> what would it take for you? That's what it took for James. We believe it because a guy named Paul who hated Christians, who made his, his career going into churches, pulling out pastors, pulling out leaders, murdering them, throwing them in jail. That Paul... He saw Jesus alive after he had risen from the dead, and he became a follower of Jesus. And then he went and he wrote over half of the New Testament of the Bible, not because of what he believed, but because of what he saw. We believe that Jesus rose from the dead because there's a guy named Peter, arguably Jesus' best friend. Walked with him, talked with him, saw Jesus die, saw him raised from the dead, he believed it so fully that he was crucified. He was nailed to a cross upside down. But it wasn't because of something he believed, because people die for what they believe all the time. Peter said, no, no, I'm not dying for what I believe. I'm dying for what I saw. What I saw. See, if you're here today and you're thinking, I just can't buy into this whole Jesus rose from the dead thing because just because the church tells me I have to or because the Bible says I should, I have good news for you. I have good news for you. We don't believe that either. We believe it because people saw it. That's just seven guys who saw Jesus alive, but, but you're still here and you're still thinking, I don't know, because seven people, they can keep alive for their entire lives. What if those seven guys just lied about it? 
Well, I have good news for you. If those were the only seven guys who saw him, you might have a case. Luckily, more than seven people saw him. That guy, Paul, who wrote over half the New Testament, he wrote down something in, in a book called 1 Corinthians, which was a letter to a group of people in Corinth. And he said, here's the stripped-down version of Christianity. Here's, here's everything you need to know to take that step of faith to become a follower of Jesus. And notice what he said. It's going to be up on the screens for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, it says this. Paul says, what I received, I passed on to you as first importance. He says, this is the core of what you need to know to follow Jesus. That Christ, that's Jesus, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. And let's just pull over to the side of the road for a second, because that word sins is kind of a loaded word if you were raised in the church. And that might be the reason why you left church and never came back. So let's just pull over. If you want a working definition of sin, just think of it this way. It's, it's the things that you and I think that we say and that we do that hurt us, that hurt the people we love the most, your spouse, your kids, your family, your close friends. And that ultimately, we're told, separate us from God because God is perfect, and when we sin, we are not perfect. And I don't have to tell you what sin is because you've laid in bed at some point in your life and you've thought to yourself, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to go there again. I'm never going to think that again. I'm never going to say that again. I'm never going to look at that again. I'm never going to drink that or smoke that again. And then a week or a month or a year later, you were looking at it, saying it, doing it, smoking it, drinking it, and you thought to yourself, why do I keep doing this? Well, we're told it's because this thing, sin, is like living in us, and we can't overcome it. It just keeps controlling us, and it gets worse. That sin had separated us from God so that when we walk into eternity, we walk in separate from God. Because you and I all know that there's got to be more than just 50, 60, 70, 80 years, that there is something beyond this life. Paul says, but I've got good news for you because Jesus paid the penalty for our sin so that we could be forgiven by God when he died on the cross. And that Jesus, when he rose, he broke the power of sin in our lives so we didn't have to get stuck in those same patterns over and over again and lay in bed angry at ourselves for the things that we keep doing that we don't want to do. And he says in Jesus, when he died on the cross and rose again, he made a way for us to come back into relationship with our Heavenly Father so we could walk with God in this life as God's children and walk with him into the next life, into eternity. That's the good news that Paul's telling us. Let's go back to verse 3, back onto the road. It says, For what I received, I passed on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scripture. That's according to the prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament of the Bible. That's the Scriptures they're referring to. And that he appeared to Cephas, which is another name for Peter. Peter was a nickname that Jesus gave this guy Cephas. He appeared to Cephas and to the twelve and after that, he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at the same time. But they are all dead, so you'll have to take my word for it. No, that's actually not what it says. I just want to make sure you're still paying attention. But let's be honest. Some of us are here today, and we think, well, that's true. We just have to take someone's word for it, right? How can we know for sure? We just have to take their word for it. No, here's what it actually says in verse 6. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, I was pretty happy about that when I thought of that. Yeah, you can clap. I thought, oh, that's so funny. Here's what verse 6 actually says. After that, Jesus appeared to more than 500. 
hundred brothers and sisters at the same time. And he says, most of them are still alive. Paul says, you want to check out the claims that Jesus rose from the dead? Go ahead. Head over to Jerusalem. Over 500 people saw him there, and they're still alive. You can go talk to them. They, they walked with him. They talked with him. They ate with him after he came back to life. And they put their trust in Jesus, not because of something they were told, not because even of something they believed, but because of something they saw. And here's the thing, and this is your first blank, if you don't get anything else. We believe that Jesus rose from the dead because over 500 people saw him alive. Now, if you were sitting on a jury and a lawyer said, I'm going to bring in some witnesses, and they brought in five hundred witnesses, and every witness claimed to have seen the exact same thing, wouldn't you say that lawyer has a pretty airtight case? Beyond a shadow of a doubt, you'd say, of course I'm going to believe that. Five, are you kidding me? Five hundred people saw the exact same thing? Five hundred witnesses? That's exactly what Paul says. Five hundred people saw him, and we can trust that Jesus rose from the dead, because five hundred people can't get it wrong. But I, I want to do, do something a little different right now. I want to switch gears, and I want to do a little experiment with you. Because Paul wrote this letter, 1 Corinthians, 20 to 25 years after Jesus rose from the dead. And you and I might be tempted to think, well, 20 to 25 years is a long time. Maybe 500 people just got mixed up about what they saw. Maybe they forgot it. Maybe they made it up. Maybe things changed over 20 to 25 years. But I have a hypothesis that you're going to help me prove right now. And that is that you and I are smart people and that we actually can remember things with crystal clarity that happened 20 to 25 years ago. And here's how I want to do it. I've asked our worship team to come up and they're going to come on stage now. And I've asked them to play three song clips from three songs from 1990. That's 25 years ago from the Billboard Top 100. And on your teaching notes, there are three blanks. It says title and artist for each one. And as they play the song, I want you to write down, if you can remember, the title of the song and the artist of the song. Now remember, this is 25 years ago. That's a long time. Let's see if you can remember things that happened 20 to 25 years ago. And remember, Easter's a party, so... I want you to laugh, to clap, to sing along, to have fun. In, They're in just going to go one so after the other after the other. So, so let's give it up for our team as we do this little experiment together. Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. Stop, collaborate, and listen. listen. Ice is back with a brand new invention. invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will, Will it, it ever stop? stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. That's too expensive to drop. Signed by the side of the road that says 15 miles to the Love Shack. Love Shack, yeah. Head down 
let them hold you down and make you cry. Don't you know, don't you know, things will change, things will go your way. So hold on for one more day, yeah. Hold on for one more day. Things will go your way, things will go your way. Hold on for one more day. Awesome. All right, all right. Let's see if my hypothesis is correct. What's that first song title? What was that first song? Who was it by? Ice. That's it. How about song number two? Love Shack by B-52s. Hey, hey. How about number three? Hold on. By Wilson Phillips. All right, now, if you got one right, raise your hand. If you got one song right, raise your hand. Go ahead. I'm not going to call on you. Raise your hand high. Raise it up. Raise it up. Raise it up. Raise it up. Don't be scared. How about two songs? All right. Look at that. How about three songs? Whoa, yeah. Look at you guys. All right. Now, let's just stop. Let's just stop. Collaborate and listen. Just. If you can remember a song, a, so- a bad song, Okay, that happened 25 years ago with crystal clarity. Some of you, this is the one takeaway. You're going to walk out singing Ice Ice Baby all day. If you can remember a song that happened 25 years ago, wouldn't you assume that 500 people could remember seeing someone who they saw nailed to a cross come back to life? Wouldn't you assume that they would remember that? That they wouldn't? Yeah, you can clap about that. Wouldn't you assume that they could remember with crystal clarity that they would not be hazy on the circumstances of seeing a dead person alive if you can remember Ice Ice Baby? Now let's just, let let me just talk to you for a second, especially if you're new to Christianity, you're new to the church. Let's strip away everything else. Strip away the church. Strip away all the things Christianity has done historically that, that keep you from connecting with God. Strip away the Christians you were raised with. Strip away your upbringing, your ex, your boss, your parents. Strip away everything else. What are you going to do with that? 500 people saw him alive. And they told their story. Well, I want to give us, I want to give us three options on what we can do with that bit of information today. The first is, We can ignore it. We can ignore it. You can shove it into the category of interesting facts. You can shove today into the category of fun thing to do on a holiday. And you can go on living your life pretty much the way you always have without giving much regard to the fact that 500 people saw him raised from the dead. And I want to say, if you're going to choose to do that today, boy, we love you so much. And when you're ready to explore the claims of Jesus, we will be right here. We meet every Sunday, and you'll be welcome back anytime, anytime. So you could ignore it, or two, and this is what I'm hoping that all of us will at least do this. You could explore it. Explore the question, if there is a God, what does it look like to partner with God in this life? 
if God really loved us enough to give his life on a cross to pay the penalty for our sin, and if he really rose from the dead, which I got to tell you, 500 witnesses is a pretty airtight case. What, is, what are the implications of that on my life? Here's a few ways that you can explore it. Just keep coming back every Sunday. Just keep coming back. You'll hear bits and pieces. You'll, you'll get more information as time goes on, and you'll get a more well-rounded picture of what it looks like to partner with God in this world. Next week, we're kicking off a brand new series that I could not be more excited about called Me to We. And basically, we're talking about this reality that the church is at its best when we're moving our focus from me, selfish, self-focused, to, to we, to living the life we were created to live. We're at our best when we are a community of people who's encountering God and knocking down every barrier that would ever keep our community from encountering God. So just keep coming back. Just keep coming back. 8.30, 10, 11.30. I want to encourage you, one way to keep exploring it is to grab a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, here's two ways you could get one. Out in the lobby, we have some Bibles just past these doors. If you look just outside of these doors, we have about... 30 Bibles just sitting there. If you want one, grab one. It's yours. No strings attached. You don't have to return it. We didn't put our name on the inside like the Gideons. It's all yours, okay? It's just for you. You can have it. I would encourage you, start looking at the book of Mark. It's one of the biographies of Jesus's life, written by that teenage boy who, after he grew up, who was on the outskirts watching this whole thing, and, and he was there, and he was engaging, and what if you did that? Or here's one. I haven't, honestly, true confessions, I have not read a Bible, like a paper Bible, in like four years probably. I do all my reading on my iPad. So I want to tell you, there's some great apps for your phone, for your iPad, to take the Bible with you. Uh, if you just download Version, Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N, write that down in your notes, all one word, Version. It's a Bible app. You can get hundreds of translations of the Bible. You can take it with you, read it when you're on your coffee break, read it when you're getting up in the morning. Instead of hitting on Facebook, maybe just hit on that and take five minutes to explore the claims of Jesus. And what I, would, I could encourage you to look at the, the New Living Translation, NLT. That's a good introductory, start you out, get some questions answered. The NLT on the Version app, that's a great way to go. Another option would be join a life group. Life groups are just small gatherings of people somewhere between 7 or 8 to 15 or 20 people who meet weekly for 10 to 12 weeks, and we, we form friendships, and we share life together, and we explore the implications of God in our lives. Come back next Sunday. We're going to be promoting all of our spring life groups that will run through uh, the beginning of June. And you can join a group right then. That's a great way to explore the claims of Jesus. And lastly, this. Join our, or sign up for our intro class. In your programs, there's a thing that says intro. Intro is basically, it's the heartbeat of our church, why we do what we do. And intro gives you a great understanding of how Jesus is unique from all other gods, all other goddesses, all other religious symbols and systems today. So if you want to take a great next step to explore your faith, sign up for intro, and you can do that on your Start Here card on the back. Just sign up for intro today. And the third thing is this. You could ignore it, you could explore it, or you could embrace it. And I'm hoping many of us choose to embrace the reality that Jesus died to pay for our sins and rose again and put our trust in him today. Because, friend, God could not love you more than he does right now. God knows everything you've ever done, everything you've ever thought, everything you ever will do, say, or think, and God loves you more than you could ever imagine. He loves you so much that he left heaven and came to earth that he lived a perfect life, and that he gave his life on a cross to pay the penalty for your sin and for mine. 
but he didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead. And when he did that, he broke the power of sin and death and destruction so that we could experience God's forgiveness and God's love and God's partnership and so that we could have the power to break through destructive patterns in our lives. Those things that keep tying you down where you're laying in bed thinking, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't done that. I'm never going to do it. And then you do it. He came to break the power of sin in your life so you don't have to have those destructive patterns. He came to forgive you of your sin. Yeah. And he came so that you and I could walk with him in this life and that we could walk with him into eternity. And if you're here today and you've never entered into a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to make that decision, to embrace that today. Maybe you came in with both feet on the brakes or maybe you came in exploring your faith. Can I invite you, wherever you came in, set that aside. Choose to embrace Jesus today. The evidence is airtight. It's not just a story. It's not just a myth. It happened, and 500 witnesses saw it. I'm going to pray right now, and if you've never said yes to having a personal relationship with God, never moved God from this distant deity out there that you come and you sing susceptible songs to on Easter and Christmas, to a personal heavenly father, if God's been more like a distant, absent father than a personal heavenly father, then you are missing out on the life that God created you for. And you can start a relationship with God today and experience his forgiveness today. And it starts by committing your life to him. So we're going to pray in just a second, and I'm going to ask you to repeat a prayer after me, to whisper it. And I know it's a little bit scary, but just to whisper it, I guarantee if someone hears you whispering that prayer, all they're going to do is celebrate even more about the decision you made today to follow Jesus, to whisper this prayer of commitment to God. And then I'm going to have you mark on your card if you made that decision so we can get some resources into your hand to partner with you through this life because you're not alone on this journey. You're part of a community, a local community, and a global community of people who are following God. And we want to give you some resources to help you on this journey. So let's, let's join together in prayer. Would you close your eyes? And if you're ready to make that decision, boy, it is the best decision you could ever make. The best. So I'm going to start off by, by praying and celebrating and thanking God for breaking the power of death when Jesus rose again. And then I'm going to give you a chance to say yes to him. So let's pray together. Jesus, we are in awe of you. We are so thankful for your sacrifice on our behalf. We are so thankful that you did not stay dead, but that you rose from the dead and that you gave us plenty of proof to, to believe that truth. Thank you that when we strip everything down, what we're left with is you and your love and your compassion and your forgiveness and your grace that broke the power of death and sin and destruction in our lives. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And if you're ready to make that decision to commit your life to God today, to enter into a personal relationship with him and experience his forgiveness, you can repeat these simple words after me. Just whisper them out. Say, Lord Jesus... I believe that you love me. And I believe that you gave your life to pay the penalty for my sin. And I believe that you rose from the dead. Today I'm asking you, would you please forgive me of my sin? Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? And would you show me what it looks like to walk with you every day of my life 
from this day forward, even as I walk into eternity. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you made that decision today, I want you to know we've been praying for you for weeks, and we've been praying for you all morning that you would take that step of faith today, and it's the best decision that you could ever, ever make. And I know many of us made that decision today, and I just, I don't normally do this, but it's a party. Can we just clap for our friends who made a decision to give their life to Jesus today? We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.